Welcome to another episode of Tuzamin. Hi, Tzili. Hi, Tzili. Hi, Catherine. Catherine Perez in London. The community... Hi, But everybody likes to call her Kat. <laughs> um, do you hear us, Kat? Okay. Uh, community yeah, I can. I can. Person for the organization, uh, Me Too, but not for a Jew. Unless you're a Jew. Right. Catherine, how did you get to this uh, organization? Oh, what is it? I, well, yeah, let me tell you. So first, uh, the organization um, was launched by Danielle. So Danielle Ofek is a social entrepreneur Israeli. Uh, she lives in Washington. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, on, uh, after the event of October 7th, she realized that something needed to be done and that some, someone needed to speak up for Israeli women and girls um, and actually speak their truth and make sure that the crimes that were committed on October 7th would be spoken out um, and that people would act as uh, as witnesses to the horrors that uh, Israeli women suffered. And so Danielle decided to create an organization called Angle, who is an advocacy group. And under this umbrella, she created various campaigns and movements. And the campaign Me Too Unless Reduce is one of those projects that she launched. Um, so there's a website. Um, it's very easy to find it. You just Google Me Too Unless Reju, and that's the first thing that pops out. Um, and she's taking on UN women. So what she decided to do is to go straight to the to the top of the pyramid, uh, address the problem, which is essentially bias and prejudices towards Israeli women and girls. Um, and when I say Israeli women, I'm, I'm including Arab Israelis as well, because they suffered as well. And it's often forgotten. And all she's asking for is basically for the for UN women to uh, to abide by their mandate, which is one of, you know, uh, impartiality, objectivity, and they haven't done any of it. Uh, number one, there's a leadership issue in that several of um, the leadership at UN women is profoundly biased uh, to the point where actually we feel they peddle um, Hamas's narrative. Um, you know, we've seen this on Twitter and, and, and social media. Um, also that there's, there's literally nothing that was said on October 7th other than said then to say something like two months after the event that crimes were committed but they refused to call Hamas a terrorist organization they refused to Hamas was actually acting um, you know the campaign everything that was against Israeli women and girls uh, were in fact genocidal that is in line with what Hamas wants to achieve they didn't say anything about this uh, and all they concentrated concentrated on was basically passing women in Gaza, which is fair enough. They can, if they want to, and they should, if crimes have been committed by Hamas against Palestinian women. Um, but the fact that they've forgotten Israel to the point where it doesn't even compute on their map of the Middle East um, is not okay. And so we decided to um, to hold them accountable, to uh, expose their bias and their agenda, and to redress the situation. And for that, we have a plan. We feel that it's time for the leadership to be vetted properly in terms of should they voice political opinions, uh, they're free to do so. It's a, you know, um, we love free speech, but then in this case, they cannot uh, lead you and women. They should go and quit because that's not what the mandate demands of them. Uh, we should make sure that there's a body that hold them accountable and that everything that they do and say is vetted and, and actually data checked that there's no lies being said and being replicated because what people often don't understand is that UN women sets the tone for what happens in, in the human rights industry as a whole. So whatever the UN will say 
other groups like Amnesty International, Human Rights Watch, and countless other will basically repeat it, quoting their report as a reference. And I so if you, we don't uh, make sure... Just a second, just a second, Kath. Uh, can you describe the structure of the organization in the United Nations? What is their job? What usually they do? What happened that it stopped and we didn't get... UN women? Yeah. Their job, and this is literally what's on their website, is to advocate for the rights of women and girls across the world. And whenever violations or crimes are committed against women and girls, regardless of their ethnicity, religion, or whatever other differences they may have, UN Women has the mission to report on it fairly, objectively, without bias, without any form of political agenda. That's their mandate. And when it comes to Israel, they have failed biblically over the decades. But what happened on October 7th was of such... It, it, it was it was so horrible. It, it was another genocide um, that for them to ignore it. And I say ignore it as in nothing said, not a mention, not a footnote, not a tweet, nothing for two months. Um, and that a very, very brief statement was issued after immense pressure was exerted, you know, from 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 Jerusalem, from London, from Paris, from Washington, saying, demanding accountability. Then they said, yes, crimes were committed by Hamas. That's it. No report, no uh, no call for an inquiry, nothing. So very recently, a UN reporter went to to Jerusalem to 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 act as a witness and to try to figure out exactly what happened on October seven, which is wonderful. Too late, we feel a bit too late. Uh, we had to work way too hard. And when I say we, not just us, but everybody had to work way too hard to get them to even acknowledge that something happened and that maybe they, they ought to actually visit the country and figure out what happened. Um, nothing was said until now. No report was ever issued. There's been countless reports, however, on, on the, the alleged crime that the IDF committed against Palestinian women and girls in Gaza, which I can appreciate they have a duty of care towards all women. And if crimes are committed, of course, they should speak about it. We're not running away from that or from accountability. Our issue is that Israeli women and girls were not acknowledged on October 7th at all to this very day. So yes, they said crimes were committed, but they refused to call Hamas a terrorist organization, which they are. It's been, it's been proscribed by the US, by Japan, by the EU, by the UK, countless other countries. Um, the UN has a duty of care, has a duty to the truth, and they haven't. They haven't because they are being political, and that's why we want to challenge them. And UN leadership, um, has several women who are supposed, again, to be acting as the voices of and advocate for women and girls. Uh, and some of them have proven to be very biased um, and very anti-Semitic and actually siding on the side of Hamas many times over on social media. Uh, and so we feel that we should hold them accountable. We're not trying to silence them because, again, free speech matters. Um, but if they want to hold the views that they hold, which is up to them, it's their <clears> business, they should be held accountable because their mandate demands that they are objective and they're not being objective. And so we feel that they should go, quite simply. You, um, you know, I raised a question. You kept saying uh, free speech. Mm -hmm. you know, we have here in the States on the campuses, you know, universities, we have really, and I'm not in London, mm. in other places, we live extreme demonstrations pro-Palestinian, right? Mm. 
And in yeah. the name of free speech, everything can be said. And I was yes. wondering, yeah. anybody ever uh, sat down and if it's possible to draw a line when, when you cross it, it's not free speech anymore. It's really uh, actually a violent act against you know the, the other. And it's also- It becomes it, abusive. It, it become a wonderful tool for radicalization of people. Mm -hmm which you give them either yes. you know, very basic information. So most of them don't really know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. They don't doubt the information they get because for example, I don't know that Israeli, Israeli in Gaza attacked women, uh, you know, like, you like what happened in These are October two 7th. different things because we're talking about the United Nations professional people. That they have to do the line. In order to uh, to uh, address this problem. But they have to be the first one. They need you know, to or really lead. What it, what, how far can you go with the freedom of speech? Not only that, you cannot define between... Uh... It, it's, it's a tricky one. Well... It's time. It will not be. We have to. But that's because why they because... have these organizations. And I agree. Yeah. No, but the question: If they are dealing with this, the, the one thing no, this is, this is, yeah. But I, I agree with you. Do you know the the one thing that I feel is that look, I I am for free speech, but I do believe that you're free to say whatever you want, but you need to be held accountable. And sometimes that means and you have um, to base it on knowledge. Knowledge means that, that if you you know breaking the law, this is the one thing to stop. Exactly. Exactly. So people again are free to say whatever it is that they want to say because you can't you can't exactly you know you can't put a gag on them and tell them you know sit down. Um, even if we disagree and sometimes we disagree profoundly. That being said, I also believe that if people are free to say whatever they want, it's our duty to make sure in order to 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 um, to create a safe space for society to prosecute Especially people across the, the line. And this is where people this is what people don't understand. You're free to say whatever, but you're not free of accountability or what is it that you said. But exactly, and that's what I mean, we call it. Because again, about some things are said that are not okay. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, yeah, but the, about UN the UN and not just a student decide, wow, it's so great to go out and put a kafia and shout river. Not they don't know what river, but never mind. As long as they are have action, you know. But which is why we're going after the UN because we feel that again, if you go to the top of the pyramid, right. you will trickle so down. The change should so you know there is. Two ways to look at it. Mm -hmm. One of it to come from the bottom up in terms yeah. of, I could, I'm not saying they can think whatever they want, but there must be a line and there must be knowledge. But yes. The, but, but, or you can start with the UN and mm -hmm. the head of the universities should, you know, in, you know in, in case of what's happening on campuses. Um, so we cannot, we cannot have, give it like a free ticket. The universities is a little bit different story because the UN, it's their responsibility. They should... Oh, I think also the university. But they should acknowledge... First of all, it's so specific. They should acknowledge on the spot and and talk about it and scream. In the university, is a little but bit... But they haven't. Why? But they have, of course... You know, when, it, when it comes to UN women, after October 7th, nothing was said. Like, literally, nothing was said for 53 days exactly. And after immense pressure, I mean, so I think that the voices impossible that the first voices should come from the UN. I do think I from the universities, from the all the unions of writers, of mm -hmm. you know, or musicians, 
or for mm -hmm. the, the leaders of the theater, you know, I, don't, I forget the name, or for the fund poet, you know, the endowment of the arts. I mean, whatever we expect, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, my heart goes sometimes to, I, I, I don't want to sound racist or, you know, elitist, but I can, I can see that there are so many sections in society who don't have any place to voice any voice. They, they, they don't have a place. So I can understand when something comes their way, they have a need to belong to something. And they join something, the wrong groups. I don't know if I make myself clear because um, I don't want to sound a little. That but is you an interesting. Me, I, I no, I, 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 I didn't think about this this way. That's an interesting take. So let me let me let me make sure that I understand so that you feel that maybe the reason why people were so aggressive yes. uh, against Israel was because they just wanted to voice some kind of upset and then they. Kind of no, they look Israel at the world. Kind of... They look at the world, and they see chaos, frightening. Mm. There is so much violence within the American society, or there is so mm. much fear in in Europe uh, after what happened in Ukraine. Now, how much can they? They don't have the tools to go out and express their fear. So, whenever they have a place to express their fear. So it doesn't, you know, like in drama, sometimes, you mm. know, uh, you can fight, you know, couple can fight on open the window, but it's not the open the window. There is another thing that it's really at the bottom of the relationships. It's in life. It's not only in drama. Right. So I think about those kids who look around, they're scared. So they, you know, that's... I think there's more to it, though, because if you... I think they've been fooled into it. You know, there's a, there's a lot of guilt in, in the West, you know, with the whole post-colonialism where people have been felt that the world has been divided in between, you know, um, the white, you know, supremacists and then, you know, the poor press of the world. And I'm not saying that's not true sometimes. It's not true all the times. And I don't believe that people are victims, by the way, um, because that's taking away the power they have to overcome. Um, and everyone goes through difficult times and they overcome and Jewish people know more than anybody else what it means to overcome uh, and we've done this we've never been victims um, and I think that it's a way to absorb themselves of you know the crimes that they think their forefathers committed and so they side with the oppressed in this case you know Palestinians yes. or, or even radical Muslim not understanding exactly what it is that they're actually supporting I think it's just out of guilt and ignorance because they haven't educated themselves. And I think that universities have become echo chambers uh, for absurdity and ignorance. And it's ridiculous because people pay- And it's pay terrible because universities should be the opposite. By the way, exactly. so how about the, if I want to go and reach, a, let's say, young person, um, underprivileged, hmm. what tools do I, I use in order to radicalize him or her? How do you start to, to radicalize somebody? He's lonely. He he doesn't. He, he, he's afraid. He doesn't have a lot of uh, venues to conquer whatever he wants to conquer in terms of self-actualization. Um, there, there is there's actually studies that have been done on this. But when it comes to because look, I mean, the Hamas Hamas is is an extension of the Islamic Republic of Iran. We know this. It's a proxy. Um, the Islamic Republic of Iran has been very good at targeting. Um, sections of society that are upset, disenfranchised, cut off. Um, they're upset about something. So what they do 
is they usually um, absolve them of any responsibility uh, in the sense that they're not telling them, well, you know, it's up to you to get out of your situation. Let me empower you. They don't do that. They tell you, you're a victim. Let me tell you who did this to you. And they create an enemy. Right. And most of the time, of course, this enemy is, you know, all the Jews. And but we have seen this through history. I mean, do they differentiate between Jews and Israel? No, they don't. Do you know that's the thing? They oh. don't, because if you look... No, because the organization about... keeps saying Jews, Jews, Jews. That's what they said. When it's mm. actually now that we're talking about is Israel. But they the don't... Make Are you trying to separate the two? You mean Israelis and Jews? Well, they're not the same. I mean, Israelis are Israelis. They're not all Israelis. No, but everybody don't differentiate. They say Jews, Jews, Jews. Al-Yahud, that's what they call, that's what they call Israelis, Al-Yahud. So don't... No, I, I think what TP means, it's not from the Israeli point of view, from outside point of view. Once you said Jews, it's general you generalize all the Jewish people, including Israel, or you're talking yes. about Israelis women. Which is not it only depends. It depends who says it. So but I you, want to I, I want to take you back to to me too, to your uh, campaign. Yeah. Do you have can you can you tell at around what ages the women that respond to your campaign? Um, between the age of 18 and 35, which uh, is actually quite interesting. Oh, so I'm so happy to see it. So, so you have younger, young girls, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of uh, young people, uh, my daughter is a good example, for example. Um, um, a lot of young, young women um, actually understand that something is not okay. Um, they want to feel that they, 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 they want to feel that they're being seen and being heard. And when they saw what happened, um, I think a lot of them understood um, that it wasn't just about, it wasn't just against Israeli women and girls. It was really something to do with the systematic wow. erasure of the Jewish identity through the targeting of women. Because of course, you know, Jewish women carry the, the line, the next generation. Um, so I think they understand that something something very nefarious and very insidious was at play. That it wasn't just an attack on Israel. It wasn't just a political statement. It goes way beyond that. Daniel actually wrote, um, wrote about this. Um, and so I think that they feel that they need to do something. And what is beautiful about this is that they're not trying to do something out of anger or a sense of revenge. What they want to do is set the record straight um, for Israeli women, but also for all the other minorities that have been ignored. Um, and to really say, it doesn't matter what you are, what ethnicity, faith, it really doesn't matter. When a crime is committed against a woman, it is something that everyone ought to speak against, stand up for and say no more, uh, regardless again against, you know, who was the victim and who was the perpetrator. Because if you start doing this, you're defaulting on all women. You are condemning all women to actually suffer in silence and never be told, you know, never be given the courtesy of their truth. So even though the campaign started in defense of Israeli women and girls, um, I think our aim and the people supporting us understand this goes really beyond that. Um, and it's really a testimony. It's, it's our testament to the truth to say we want to believe women. We should speak up for women. But you know, why do you say, because I hear I hear what you're saying now and it says unless you're a Jew and then you really cut out the, the part of the women and what it should be, it's basically everybody. I agree with you, but we wanted to also, Danielle wanted to make a statement and really I say... I understand, I understand the sentiment. We were like... It might be a very good strategy. I cannot say it, but you know, it's strategy. Strategy. Because uh, 
it, it's a wonderful, wonderful, it's a good way to push, you know, what really happened. Mm. You know what yeah. I mean? But that's what we want to do. But I but think also, just say I think that Daniel, I'm sorry? A lot of people say this didn't happen. Well, look, I think that the way that Danielle set it out, and, and I, I, I get what she did, and I think it was the clever thing to do at the time. You had We had to shock people into understanding. Do you get that? This happened. Horrible, horrible moment in our history. No one seemed to care. So, do you know, following the whole Me Too movement and this great push for feminism, positive feminism, for to empower women and to give them a voice and tell them, you know, you are the actor in your own lives, and we wanna, we wanna give you a platform uh, upon which to speak, speak your right. truth. And then this happened, and no one, no one spoke for us, and they should have. And so we're saying, so it's Me Too, unless you're a Jew, really. No, it's um, not, and I think that Daniel wanted to shock people for the beginning. For you know the what I mean? To shock people and do this. The call and say like there's a problem it's but our message is universal we just wanted to highlight the hypocrisy right. of a movement that wants to embrace women unless you're a jewish woman and then you don't count right, please right, go right. back to wherever and right. that's not okay that's not okay and yes we're a jewish woman and you know we we care about our people but we care about all women regardless it's not okay because... period and it's not okay anyway exactly. anyway exactly no. exactly but do you know, I think Much I think it's kind of an in-your-face kind of slogan saying, do you get that there's a problem here? Let's go back to talking universally about women's rights. That was really kind of like the, mm -hmm. do you know, the angle that Danielle wanted to take. Unfortunately, unfortunately, people have chosen to complain and say, what about other women? Exactly, exactly your point. But because you did not get that this you said, trigger. me too, we yeah. were with you. So right. what, what is the reaction of mm. to your ad? Your your ad about you know the blood uh, on the legs of a woman. The pants with the blood that was um, on the United Nations. What do you, what was the reaction? Yeah. What was the reaction? People react. You had two reactions. So you had some people that were saying, "Where are the proofs?" You know, it's it's overly dramatic. It's a Zionist agenda. The usual, very anti-Semitic, very anti-Zionist. Um, Again, dismissing the fact that we're talking about women here. This is not a question like, did it happen? Yes, it did. You know it did. You're being a hypocrite. You're a liar. Uh, you're trying to defend the indefensible because the way I see it, and actually that's not, that's the way everyone should see it. Denying what happened after everything and people have seen you don't. No, I, I don't think that's about the visual. The visual of the person. Yeah, but people, people are saying we're making it up. It did not happen like because everyone, everyone knows about what we're talking about. Um, so some some are denying, but those are our detractors, and they're trying to be. They try. They demand that we present proof, which is again ridiculous. We don't need to. We shouldn't have to. That's the whole point. Uh, but most people are actually quite. You know, they, they've been shocked and they've been moved, and a lot of people want to help. And this is what we've seen over, I would say, the the past month, especially. I think that people are starting to 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 understand that number one, we're not going anywhere, um, because we this campaign is not is not is not Danielle's you know, a crusade as a personal vendetta against you and women. This is a woman who is dedicated to stand up for, 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 mm -hmm. the, for, the, for the truth. She's speaking truth to power. So they're starting to realize that this is not, this is not an ego thing. It's not, it's not to put to have her name somewhere on a plaque at the university or to say I'm such a great person. No, it's a woman who has a mission and she wants, she's a mother. She wants to defend. She mm -hmm. wants to, to do the right thing and leave them, 
leave a positive mark onto the world and change the way that things are being done. And I think that people are responding to her in a very positive way. We had people, for example, like Lisa Gable, the former US ambassador to the UN, who's a wonderful, wonderful woman. Um, she's has, She has been helping tremendously, you know, introducing Danielle to some pretty influential people, um, you know, putting putting the weight of her entire career at her disposal, which is more than generous. And, um, you know, I would say we're glad that she did because she's doing the right thing. Um, but we didn't expect that she would help to the length that she did in terms of, you know, exposure and pushing for people to to give Danielle the, the tools that she needs to go forward. Um, we've had countless people in the UK offering their expertise and their time and their counsel and their support has been tremendous. Um, so it's, it is positive. I can see that there's a rallying of people. Very. The visual people. is very, I would say, even aggressive. Very, very strong. I think, and, look, and almost like it, it's like, you know, it's a, for some people it will look manipulative and almost like a boomerang effect because... Well, it, it, it's very interesting to do a study. Uh, probably, probably, but you know, at the same time, we yes, it is. It is aggressive. I agree with you. It's in your face. Uh, but here's the thing: if it did not happen, and if these those pants did not exist, we, we wouldn't have to do it. That's what I'm. That's what I'm telling people. If that shocks you, do you understand what the person who that happened to? How does she feel? If you shocked, I want you to be shocked because you should have been shocked without that. But we had to do that for you to understand that something needs to be done. What if it was your mother? What if it was your sister? What if it was your kid? There is That's any, you there is any writings? I don't remember. No. It's no. just a visual. Just a visual. Just a visual. Just a visual. I, I saw you wondering if it no. would be a, a, a kind of a, um, more effective if there was be a writing, what you said. Can you imagine it happens to you? Because That's then it would be fun. it will be less aggressive because it will show the humanistic aspect. Mm. You know, you bring in like a humanistic kind of feeling to it, which you know, it's kind of wrapped the pants with the blood. With can you imagine it happens to you? Yeah. It, there is something that when you read yeah. it, maybe we should bring you bring you on as an advisor. We should bring yeah. you on as an advisor too. Look, we need all the advice we can get. So um, I would well, love to hear you. Well, and because you know, I, I, I'm, I'm I have to question myself. Why I felt, now I feel I will much go, I will personally will go more with the ad if there will be some kind of, of a, a counterpoint. You know what I mean? Like some kind of dialogue between okay. how we approach those women and how we, we go to the brutality, you know, or the, yeah, the boldness. Yeah. 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 Catherine, I understand that you're uh, working on a project in London. Can you tell us a little yeah. bit about it or you want to keep it till it's done? Um, I can tell you some, I'm not going to tell you everything. Okay. Um, but basically what we've done is we want we wanted to kick to kick the campaign off in the UK. The reason being, you know, the UK is first of all, um, you know, has veto right to the UNSC. It's um, it's a, a funder to UN Women, so um, they definitely have a say, and they have leverage when it comes to what happens at UN Women. And we felt that because the US is going through election year, that some of our efforts might get lost in translation a little bit, or mm. may not get, 
you know, the right kind of momentum that we need. And so we were thinking, so how can we, you know, where else could we do it? Well, you know, what could we do to kind of complement what we've done so far? And of course, the UK came to mind. Um, it makes things a little bit easier because we do have a lot of people here willing to help, including myself. And so we decided to craft a series of events around the campaign. Number one, to introduce Danielle to the UK and um, to explain to them what is it that we that we that we do, what we're planning to do, and what we've done, and where we have been successful. Um, and basically, see if other people want to join in, advise us, because it's a very kind of you know it's very organic. I mean, we we don't pretend to know everything, and we welcome ideas and 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 criticism when it's positive and you know for the good of the campaign. Um, and also we wanted to to remind the press here in the UK, uh, you know, why we are doing what we're doing. And so it helps to come here and explain to them face to face to have a press conference. And we also intend to present our policy recommendation. So, again, it's not that we just said, oh, there's a problem with UN women. OK, well, duh, everyone knows that now. What are we going to do about it? Because a lot of the time activists and this is not a criticism, but it's it's kind of it's the reality of the situation. They come up with an issue and they point it out. Um, they, they shout a lot, they write a lot, they do stuff, but then nothing happens because there's no plan. What, how do you fix it? We're more in the business of fixing things um, than to say, let's cancel. Canceling is not feasible. The UN is not going to go anywhere anytime soon. I'd rather we put in place a system that would prevent this to happen ever again to anybody. Um, and also, see how can we engage in a, in a positive with the to have a positive, um, you know, back and forth with UN women and the UN in general to make things better for everybody and hold them accountable without being, you know, without, without trying to criminalize people or you know tell them you're a horrible person you're going to go to hell. Not interested. How do we make it better? How do we move on from this and make it better for everybody else? And then we could draw a line somewhere and say something bad happened. We fixed it. Now it's going to be different. We have a protocol in place. We have a system in place that would prevent it from happening again. Those people who wants to play politics at the UN would be dismissed, you know, immediately. And so we could have some kind of a healthy, you know, ground to work to mm -hmm. work with. That's that's our hope. And so we we intend to present to present that to the UK in the hope that our lovely state officials here in the UK and policymakers will take notice. Um, we'll see that we are actually quite reasonable people, that everything that we're asking is very feasible, very doable. It's not going to break anyone's, you know, political agenda. We're not going, you know, we're not going to start coloring outside the lines too much. It's it's honest, it's simple, it's effective. Um, and that's what we tend to do. So we are aiming for March. There was some delay. We were initially hoping for February, but too many things had to happen before. So now we're aiming for March. Uh, and so hopefully I will keep you guys in, you know, updated to what we're doing. Um, but I think I feel confident. I feel that we're going to be successful because again, it's not, we're not asking for crazy things. We're asking for accountability in funding. We're asking accountability in the leadership. We're asking that system be set in place so that if something it needs to be redressed, it can be immediately. Um, that, that there's a system whereby if they don't abide by their own rules, then Funding could be withheld until such a time where it's being redressed, which I think is reasonable. Um, and we demand too that there's a data check. So when a report is issued, um, we want to have a peer review. We want to make sure that everything that they say um, is true and factual and checked. So it's one thing to say anonymous sources or when they say, you know, we have a quote from Hamas Health Ministry. Yeah, it doesn't count. It's a terrorist organization. So get another source. 
So I'm not against the truth or facts, just make sure it's it's uh, the source is actually viable um, because I'm not interested in what Hamas has to say um, or their version of the truth. Because even if they happen sometime to tell the truth, still not interested. I want a source that is a third party that is independent and that is viable. Um, and and Can they provide truth. it? Anybody from those women who deny, you know, can you provide for them any proof? Yeah, we do. So, we do. We're working on a report. So again, look, we we're going to be holding ourselves to the same standards that we want to hold, to hold others. Um, so the question: so, If you come to them and or to one of them or two of them who are really are important in terms of they have influence, mm -hmm. and if you just ask them just to join in a, the thinking mm -hmm. of what should be done, ask them. So how do you think we should uh, prevent a neglecting? acknowledgement of anything atrocities that happened to women mm -hmm. you know we start yeah. now no so ask them to, to to tell you some advice that's a good idea actually you know yeah that's a very what, good idea that's yeah how can idea. because I'm you, telling you, you need to come you need to come and advise us it's really to ask them you know you women yeah. you care I'm, i know you care i mean all your activities in the past show that you care and maybe we can use your knowledge, just your knowledge. Let's assume the facts are right, what we tell you. You know, let's mm -hmm. other things equal, right? Yeah. What, how would you advise us to approach this? So those women who was raped and, you know, um, sexually Instead abused. Instead of attacking them, you'll recruit them. Yeah. It's a good point. Some people, I think, are going to have a hard time recruiting sure. them because they <laughs> no, this, is, this is really a, a way to fix what they didn't do before right a very good point to include them. actually but i'm curious catherine did um, the original me too um founders did they ever uh, got in touch with you girls no no we we heard whispers uh in terms of you know why is it that we some people it wasn't the leadership of me too because we haven't heard from them but some people felt and i don't know whether they were speaking on behalf of or just themselves uh but we had some criticism as to you know why you know what about other women and you know what about this what about that but we were saying well that's exactly the point is because you've forgotten us <laughs> we were there with you guys but then you've forgotten us and we wanted to kind of shock you and remind you like hey <laughs> what about us um that wasn't done but obviously we're not positioning ourselves against anybody but i think it's not less important because they had a huge uh voice i know they disappear i, I know it is really I, i'm thinking it's absurd i will go and ask how we want to <laughs> no. you know i tell you i tell you what why i'm very disappointed is that i expected I very much expected that when we launched the campaign initially, I expected that their first reaction would be to reach out and to say, let's do it together, guys. You know, sorry. Or, you know, maybe it was an oversight. I mean, you know, it's, it's possible they kind of sit through the crack or they didn't realize whatever it was. We kind of had, we believed that they would come and, you know. Uh, they kind saw of you as like, a competitor? Yeah, they saw you as a competitor? Like you're competing for them? They haven't. Like I don't know. I'm going to be honest with you. I have no idea. We don't feel that way. Right. I don't know what they. I don't know what they felt. Uh, I. I think that. Do you know? Look, this is this is what I feel. There's always two way to. You know, when someone when somewhere there's a situation, there's two way to look at things. Either you you try to 
to redress it in a positive manner and say, uh, let me help you fix it. Or you could just, you know, feel that, oh, it's an aggression or it's an attack on, you know, on your personally. And I think that they, they, rather than understand where we were coming from, it was a cry for help. It was, you know, us trying to speak. Um, and also remember, people need to remember the context in which that campaign, you know, happened. It was the trauma of October 7th. And I think that we all felt it in, in different ways, but we were, we were all affected. It was, it was, it was terrible. Uh, I don't think that anyone could say that they could, you know, they, they witnessed what they witnessed and they were not changed by what happened I, I refuse to believe that and so i think that what they did not understand is it was it was a reaction to a trauma uh and that they should have been a bit kinder and understand that they, it wasn't we were not aggressive against anybody we didn't try to hug the narrative we didn't try this was a cry out to tell the world what about us we have supported you in your you know in your in your fight for uh, women's rights, you know, in the 1950s, 60s, we stood with you in the Me Too movement. We stood with you, Black Lives Matter. We stood with you every step of the way when there was a fight that was worthy to fight for. We were there. And today we need you and there's no one. And it's hard. And so it was kind yeah. of like saying like, yeah, guys, yeah, like, and I think that they took it personally. Uh, I'm hoping that they will now understand that it's nothing to do with them. We're not, we're not judging them. We're not holding a grudge. We, we just. Are you want... afraid to publish the faces of women who had different uh, groups of human who fight for human rights, just to publish the faces and ask, where are you? Well, we. Oh, you are afraid. Look, I don't want. Here's the thing. I don't want to. I don't want to put anyone. I don't want to criticize the direction of a war a little bit. You need to so? recruit them and not to push them away. Well, the, yeah, they're pushed away. They're pushed this away. Is, anyway. This is what we want. I no, want to create a space. Danielle wants to create you know? a space where people can come back. Right. So I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna start to put like I don't, I don't want to do what people. It's not like I don't, I don't want to flog them or the pub, you know, on the public space. I just want them to. We just want to say, guys, come, like, look, open arms. You will keep the anti-Semitism. But I'd like them to realize this is the one thing that I want them to. I want, I would like them to do and have the moral courage to 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 do. Yeah. It's okay sometimes to be ignorant. It's okay to be um to be mean out of stupidity. It's okay. We all do it sometimes. Okay. We're not no one's perfect. But have the courage to say, do you know what? I messed up. I did not realize that actually it was a form of anti-Semitism. Optimistic, huh? I yeah, uh, well, you have to be. <laughs> I was raised by my grandmother. You have to be. Yeah. Uh she was an optimist. But look, um, people can't, I'm not saying that they can't change, but we have to hold them accountable and we have to tell them it's on you. Right. It's on you. And I look, it's not for me to change them. It's for them to realize that they need to change. And to do otherwise is actually quite stupid because they're shooting themselves in the foot. You messed up. Say it. Have like a little, you know, mea culpa. Let's move on. Um, nobody's going to hold the, hold it against them. It happens. Um, Anti-Semitism sucks, but it is a thing. It's very much alive. The one thing that I will not forgive and the world should not forgive is people who do know and still choose to be anti-Semitic. Right. Because once you do know, there's no there's no forgiveness there to be found. Uh, and this is what I'm trying for them to understand is that now that you know, now that you've seen and we told you and asked you and we we extended a hand, will you right. still deny us? Because that is a choice. That is a choice and it's a position. Uh, and that position will be felt. Um, and again, I'm not trying to be aggressive, but it is a reality.
Right. Thank you for coming. Thank you for sharing this with us. And I hope that thank uh, you guys for taking the privilege. I wish you success with yeah. all your goals. Right. It's important for all of us. And good luck in London. Yeah. And what can I tell you? Thank you. Thank you. And tell you, you next week. Yeah.